Welcome to Men Alive, a biblical journey to help us conform to the image of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks. Our teacher is my longtime friend, Dr. Jim Cunningham, consultant in adult education, director of Go Teach Global, and author of Men Alive. Dr. Jim. Fabla, we have many listeners who learn English as their second, third, or fifth language. English is a complex language. Do you remember the time we were in Yemen and visited a friend teaching ESL in Sana? Sure do. My wife Diane teaches ESL, so I remember laughing when we saw a sentence on the wall of the classroom. It said, Time flies like an arrow, fruit flies like a banana. We had to think about that one, Pablo. Time flies like an arrow, fruit flies like a banana. English is a challenging language. Here's another one of the 25,000 plus idioms in English. We talk about the elephant in the room. What does that mean? It occurs when people gather and everyone in the room is aware of a problem, but no one is discussing the problem due to sensitivity or embarrassment. Therefore, they ignore the elephant in the room. Time for a quick story about one of my spiritual mentors, Pastor Don Merritt. At the time of this story, Don was 51 years old. I was 28. We had worked together for the seven years since I committed my life to Christ in 1964. Don would pray with both eyes open while driving his car, and he would engage strangers in conversations that led to spiritual topics. He was my spiritual hero. Then in 1971, twins called the Sutera brothers began holding meetings in central Canada. The result was a revival. People were convicted by God's Holy Spirit of personal wrongs. They repented and made things right, sometimes asking a family member for forgiveness, sometimes returning an item they had stolen, or paying back money after cheating someone. The numbers attending these meetings were in the thousands. And the meetings went for hours and hours as people got right with God and with one another. I heard stories of the revival, but I live far away from where it started. The next time I met Don, I asked the usual, what's new, question. He replied, I got right with the Lord at the Sutera meetings. <laughs> I recall laughing in shock. You, Reverend Donald C. Merritt, my mentor, my hero, had to get right with the Lord? What horrible crime did you do that you have hidden from me all these years? His answer, pride. Pride? I was in shock. You are one of the humblest men I know, Don. Jim, he replied, pride is a matter of the heart. Only the individual knows how truly proud and arrogant they can be. I was aware of pride in my own life and had to get back into a right relationship with the Lord and my family and my co-workers. But Don, I started to ask, you were a successful pastor. You're a happily married man and father. Where does this pride thing come from? It's hard to explain, Don said. It's a sense within one's heart that you are better than others more blessed by God, perhaps, and may even think you deserve the blessings received because you have been so good. You start to think God owes you these blessings, or you deserve these blessings, or worse yet, 
think that you earn these blessings because of how smart or wise or gifted you are. I had to humble myself, Don said, and realize that I'm a sinner saved by God's grace. Like the Apostle Paul, I came to that point when I realized in me dwelleth no good thing. I'm a sinner, Jim, plain and simple. I did not earn my salvation. It was a gift. As scripture says, not by works, lest any man should boast. Everything I have, everything I have ever done, any successes I have had are all by the grace of a loving Heavenly Father. Not my doing. To think I did anything in my own or that I deserve any blessings for my efforts is called P-R-I-D-E, pride. Wow, Jim, that's quite a story. So let me connect the dots. Are you suggesting that pride is the elephant in the room, the topic that everyone is aware of but no one wants to talk about? Pablo, let me be personal for a moment. Our friendship extends over 65 years. We have witnessed each other's strengths and weaknesses. We know what God has done in both our lives over these years. We have watched each other get married, have children, and grandchildren. We even shared the same trauma of watching family members experience divorce. We know how humbling it is to first be a follower of Jesus Christ, desiring to be a good husband and a wise father, rejoicing when our children get married, watch them become parents, and then years later observe a marriage crumble, and we are helpless to help. That's a very humbling experience for us as a man and a father. But are you suggesting, Jim, this was related to pride? No, Pablo, I am not suggesting this happened because we were proud, but I am saying that it was a very humbling experience to model a marriage of faithfulness, forgiveness, and love to our children, and then watch a marriage collapse. In many ways, Jim, it has given both of us a greater sensitivity to men who are struggling with family issues. We're not coming from some high and holy loft saying, Hey, look at me, Mr. Successful Father. Instead, like our Heavenly Father, we can understand the pain and the hurt that goes with watching children make decisions that are contrary to His Word and yet still accept and love them. Jim and I are very humbled that you would take this time to listen to our program, Men Alive. We'd love to hear from you with your comments or suggestions. Contact us at menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. That's menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. Now back to Dr. Jim. This pride thing is a huge issue in Scripture. James 4, 6 says, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. And Peter says in 1 Peter 5, 5, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. As you know, Pablo, I've been through the pride ringer a few times. One time, I was terminated without cause from a leadership position at a Christian university. That sucked the wind out of my pride. Very humbling. On a different occasion, I won the nomination to be a candidate for a federal minister of parliament. After a hard-fought campaign, I lost the vote by a narrow margin. Again, that's very humbling to be rejected, and then have friends view you with a different attitude. 
I experience the meaning of God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. 2 Timothy 3, 1-3 says it is one of the evidences of the final days before Jesus Christ returns. But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, And at the center of every character quality mentioned sits pride. And at the center of virtually every character failure is pride. This feeling or attitude that I am so good, or I am so important, or wise, or wealthy, or whatever, leads to two attitudes, both based on pride. One attitude is, I am so good, God must be blessing me. Look at all he has allowed me to accomplish. Where the other attitude is, I am so gifted, who needs God? Look at all I accomplish by myself without all that religious stuff. Either way, Jim, pride is a warning sign, like the story of the Tower of Babel in Genesis 11. Now the whole earth had one language and one speech, and they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heaven. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, Indeed, the people are one, and they all have one language, and this is what they begin to do. Now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us go down, and there confuse their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth, and they ceased building the city. Therefore its name is called Babel, for confusion, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. Let me suggest we are just about at that point again in history. It feels like the whole earth has one language, English, and one speech, computers. So the leaders of the world come together and say, Come, let us make a name for ourselves. Pick whatever name you wish. United Nations, International Monetary Fund, World Economic Forum. When humility and obedience to God diminishes, pride and arrogance increase. And like Babel, now nothing that they purpose to do will be withheld from them. God understands the human heart. He made us. He knows life is a control issue, and we want to be in control. As mentioned in a previous broadcast, we act like a little two-year-old boy placing his hands on his hips and defiantly looking up at his six-foot, 200-pound father and disobediently saying, No, me do. Proverbs 8.13 tells us that God hates pride, arrogance, the evil way, and the perverse mouth. And in the story of Hannah, the mother of the prophet Samuel, she prayed this prayer. Let no arrogance come from your mouth, for the Lord is the God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. God is in control, man. He wants the best for every man listening today, whether you are single, happily married, or divorced five times. God is willing to accept us and forgive us and even use us for his glory if we will humble ourselves, obey his Holy Spirit, and follow his commands as found in Scripture. So, Jim, is pride the elephant in the room? 
For sure, few men admit to being proud. Pride saw the downfall of leaders from Pharaoh to Nebuchadnezzar to Herod, and it continues today. The ultimate act of pride will be when the one the Bible calls the abomination of desolation, the Antichrist, sets himself up to be worshipped by all. That is the ultimate pride, to deny God and worship yourself. There you have it, men. Time to move the elephant out of the room. Let God take control to humble ourselves and let God receive all the glory and honor and praise. Keep us in your prayers that we too walk humbly with our God. Thanks also for those who partner with us financially to encourage men to become transformed into the image of his Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, until we see him face to face. Check out our website at goteachglobal.com for more programs and send Dr. Jim a note at menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm your host, Paul Estabrook, serving the Lord along with you to become Men Alive Unto God. 